T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. If you're a first-time listener, you should probably know people have been blowing up my phone asking, Jake, who were you in Twilight? Guys, I wasn't on Twilight. I was on the hit CBS drama, The Bold and the Beautiful. Get your facts straight. Maybe one day I'll have Kellen Lutz on the show to help clear this up. Anywho, besides acting on soap opera, I'm also a writer, and my newest novel, The Fleeting Prince, is now available through my publisher, Bold Venture Press. If you're a fan of this podcast, please pick up a copy of the book on Amazon and write a review. It's the best thing you can do to support me in this show. That and telling other people you think might be interested in the show about this show. In the meantime, I'll continue to release chapters from the book bi-weekly on this podcast. Now, without further ado, Chapter 9 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 9 Kreit led the way into the depths of the tower, a party of three now. They walked in silence, the warden's hand once more skimming along the wall, taking in the smooth texture with every step. He craned his neck, taking interest in the wooden beams that crisscrossed through the tower and the general architecture of the keep. Was it your guild who built these towers? Shiva asked in a quiet tone. He heard Kreit snigger softly before answering him. Do you take us for stonemasons? He hadn't thought the thieves' guild capable of such skill. Theirs was a talent of another sort. True craftsmanship went into raising this tower, and although the style was old, it was perfectly crafted, well beyond that of even a journeyman stonemason. Still, how had an entire fortress inside the frozen forest gone unnoticed for so long? Shiva looked on coldly as he pondered the question. They fell once more into silence, the three of them. Dressed in black, their silhouettes danced on the wall beside them, shadows set beside shadows, stretching high upon the stones. Shiva looked as though he belonged there with his black brothers, his gray and black cloak flittering behind him, the way he moved, silent and still, in unison with the two men before him. If not for a certain air about him, he would have fit the part seamlessly. Near the bottom was a large wooden door set upon heavy iron hinges. Kreit tapped on it twice, paused, then tapped three more times. A moment later the latch clicked open, and the door swung out. Who in ten hells is that? asked the man who opened the door. A short man, thin as a pike with soppy blonde hair and a large broadsword sticking out from behind his head, set in a black leather shoulder sheath. Kreit walked in past him. Matt's ghost, he answered. We found him waiting for us at the top of the tower. Crafter as a worm he is. Had Matt seen shadows? The doorman laughed. He got the better of you, Matt uttered. Us. He got the better of us. Nifty piece of magic, I'm sure. Still, I'm getting old. 
What's your excuse? The doorman laughed once more as Matt and Shiva stepped forward. He stopped, though, when Shiva's eyes fell upon him. There was nothing funny about the warden, even if Krite was making light of the man. The room was sparsely furnished. A few barrels sat at one end next to a table and some chairs. Opposite the table was a nest of dry straw bedding set with some blankets. A man lay there sleeping, his face half covered by a large cavalier hat set with a single black plume. He looked as though he were sleeping, but Shiva could feel his gaze resting upon him. A small smile touched his lips as he nodded to the sleeping man. He was amused to see a small nod back before the man flipped where he lay so that he faced the wall and drew the blanket close around his shoulders. Well, come now, Kreit said, gesturing for Shiva to follow. Let's not keep the old tomcat waiting. They passed by the sleeping man on the floor towards the second door that led into a small den. There they found Tarkas crouched on top of a long stone table, set with two lanterns on either side for light. The large cat didn't so much as lift his gaze as he spoke. Leave us. I would speak with the intruder in private. Krite nodded, stepped back, and left without a word, closing the door behind him as he did. Shiva found himself alone with the tomcat, a large feline, as big as himself if he had to guess, but fatter. Several hefty books lay sprawled out before the creature mixed together with what appeared to be maps of the caves. He watched as the cat's eyes scrolled across the text. So, traverse the frozen woods, only to be trapped like a rat so far below the earth. Tarkas looked up at the warden, taking in the great mystery. Somehow, the cat seemed unimpressed with what he saw, and went back to his books. Well, indeed. You are an odd sort of human. You fared well to make it this far. But what next? Tarkas paused, letting out a long sigh as though bored. So few truly gifted men remain. Men like Sir Draco and Knight Malefice. Off to slay a dragon last I saw them. Still, even their deeds were in part fabricated. What is it with humans in truth? You just can't seem to keep it firmly in grasp. Shiva had not moved since entering the room. He stood relaxed, one hand resting on the hilt of his dagger. His gaze a stolen mirror. The large cat looked up and smiled. Oh... I think I've taken a liking to you. You're a special one. Perhaps even great. Shiva of Katarone, was it? Shiva nodded slightly. Well, don't act so surprised. You don't think these ears are just for show. Shiva stared back, indifferent to the snide comment. No ears were that good, and the both of them knew it. <laughs> yes, I think I like you very much. I am Tarkas of the Deep. I command what reigns of the guild. Please, take a seat. I'll stand. Indeed, so you shall. I won't stop you. Tarkas leaned forward, resting his hand upon his front paws. The same board looked. Latent in his expression. Still, 
His eyes shone clear, silver streaks set against gray fur that watched the warden's every move. He lay unmoving in the silence, content in his state with Shiva before him. The warden took it as a sign to speak. You seem to know why I'm here. I know how you're here, not why. I am first warden to Lady Seolasun of Cateron. Duty ushered me to pass through the frozen woods, in the hopes of reaching Solaire quickly, that I might fulfill my lady's will. And what is it she desires in Solaire? Of that I will not speak. Hmm. Such trifles are immaterial. Tarkist paused as though in thought. A servant of the Oracle, are you? Well, that explains much. You did not come here for treasures. Why, you have two of your own already. Then what awaits you in Solaire? Tarkis spoke the words aloud, but it was not a question meant to be answered. Hmm, there are so many secrets in this world, just waiting to skulk out from the shadows, or plunge back into them. You wish to escape this dreadful place, as do we all. Very well. Let us come to an agreement. Shiva nodded slightly. Wonderful! I will tell you what it is I plan, and then we shall discuss the best way to go about achieving it. For all our sakes. Now please, sit. I would have your thoughts on the matter, for the troubles are near insurmountable. Shiva took a seat, and Tarkas pushed one of the maps forward for him to see. This is for you. Remember it well. Little good it will do for you to escape this cavern, only to end up in another, this time without an alternate path. They sat conversing for some time, the warden and the cat. Shiva listened to the creature's story, gauging every word the feline said questioning in his mind what he was being told and what he wasn't. What was left unspoken was often as important as what was being shared affably. And what of this bridge, he said, pointing to a cross on one of the maps. Tarkas shook his head. Gone. We cut the bridges early on in the incursion, but it was only a half measure. Something to buy us some time. You can get most places ten different ways in these tunnels. Tell me more of this ghoul swarm. You said they didn't move like normal hollows. Abominations, the lot of them. They have always been a pestilence to us. Hardly any real trouble, though. His paws scratched at the table, as though clawing into some invisible prey. Something has changed. Of that there is no doubt. They move with direction now, with purpose, and quickly too, as though driven forward by some unseen master. There is something to be feared now, Warden, and not just by the people of the deep. Shiva gave the tomcat a long, searching look. Was there another among them? What I mean is, do you know if there was a captain of sorts? Perhaps he was a hollow like them, 
or perhaps something else. <laughs> Saw something, did you? Come now, don't hold it from me. Else, how am I to help? For the first time since Shiva entered Tarkas's company, the cat feigned interest. But what it was the cat was truly thinking, Shiva couldn't guess. His own face revealed nothing as he considered telling the tomcat what he had seen. There was something else besides the ghouls up above. A shadow wraith, if I am to name it. The hollows disappeared when the creature drew near, almost as though they were in union together. I wonder if perhaps some new hierarchy has come into play. It is uncommon to see such creatures working so closely with one another. Tarkas stretched out his paws, arching his back as he let out a long, gentle purr. Afterwards, he returned to his previous position, with his head laid out softly on his paws. A dreary notion. You hint of the Dark Moon Alchemist, yes? Of course you do. But I know nothing of the wizard's workings. You'd be better off asking your lady soon. She knows more than she lets on, I'm sure. She has told me all she will concerning the Dark Moon. If she has held anything from me, it is no doubt to my benefit. The old cat's eyes lighted upon him. Such fierce faithfulness, <laughs> he said, the laughter clear in his tone. What a stubborn man you are. Very well. You have made your choice on the lady. We will speak no more on her. I have nothing more to say concerning the Dark Moon. Except, perhaps, to say his creatures have been very active of late. There has been an awakening. Boundless destruction lies ahead. It will mean the death of many but greatness for all who pass through intact. And what part will you play? Shiva asked. Oh, I'll watch with interest to be sure, but else, I believe I'll sit this one out. That is, of course, supposing we make it out of these caverns. It is a shame to lose them. It will take some time to rebuild, but then... One mess pass the time some way, yes? With nothing else to say on the subject, Shiva set his hand upon the map, drumming his fingers across the top as he studied it once more. It's not a bad plan, but it leaves much to chance. Life is a gamble, Warden. And we have not discussed how we will obtain the firebombs in the second tower. Tarkis laughed. That one's not so difficult. You still have that nifty cape of yours folded neatly in your parcel, yes? Shiva stared back at the cat coldly. Tarkas smiled. It was the first time the cat seemed sincere since encountering the creature. Later, when Shiva had finished his dealing with Tarkas, the warden was invited to eat and take rest. There were still many things to discuss, the tomcat assured him. Far too much to finish in one day. Shiva found the idea silly, deep below the earth with no light to signify the passing of time. Night and day seemed to blend together. He spoke to the cat several more times, 
looking over the different maps of the caves and discussing how best to use the firebombs. This is absurd, Shiva told the cat suddenly. Until we have the bombs in our possession, there is no discussing what we might do with them. We don't even know how many are left in the tower. Too true, Tarkis replied. Call my men in. It's best we discuss getting the firebombs before we talk any further. That night, Shiva couldn't sleep. He found himself alone with Ricard, who sat fletching arrows at the table. A good-looking man in his thirties. He had been feigning sleep when Shiva first arrived, and had spoken little with the warden since then. His guard placed him as a resident of Solaire. He was watching Shiva with a smile when he set down his dagger and rose, making his way to one of the barrels by the table. When he turned back round, he was holding a large glass bottle filled with wine so rich it looked almost purple. He opened the bottle and quickly poured two cups, handing one to Shiva with a friendly nod. A sweet red from the vineyards of Bedivere. It sings of cherries and dark oak. You jest. Ricard shook his head. A rogue does not joke in the same way an honest man does. I would not kid you in this. Not in wine. He watched as Shiva took a sip. A piece of home, yes? Shiva nodded. Yes, thank you. It is no trouble. He took a seat and placed his feet upon the table. I regret that we must drink of it under such circumstances. It steals away much of the enjoyment. Shiva took another small sip. It was good. He would only drink half the cup. So you are going into the tower, yes? Very dangerous, I think. But then, the merit of all things lies in their difficulty. Ricard took off his cavalier hat and set it on the table, taking a drink from his cup. Do you think you will die? He had a smile on his face and seemed truly interested as he waited for Shiva to reply. The warden shook his head no. Ha! I knew it. Some of the others, they say you will die. But Ricard did not think so. I can see it, truly. You will not die so soon, I think. Are you a seer? Oh no, not me. I have seen no vision. I misspoke. It is a feeling I have when I see you. Do you understand? Shiva nodded. Good, he said with a smile, happy to have cleared up the error. He took a drink from his cup. Tarkis likes you. I have seen this also. He does not like everyone. That's another reason I think you will live. He would not send you to die if he thought that is what you would do. Matt and Edward, maybe. And possibly Crite. But no. He is a good sword, that one. And we will need it if we are to escape. You believe we will make it out? If the cat believes there is a chance, then I believe as well. You do not? Shiva didn't answer. He took a sip of wine. I don't know these caverns, and we don't know how many hollows still remained wandering the paths. There is still much left to chance, and fortune might not be on our side. Too good fortune, then, he said with a wink. She is the best of all mistresses. He finished off his cup and poured another. After that, he took up his knife and went back to fletching his arrows.
The following morning the time had come. Ricard rose Shiva from his sleep and asked for the warden to join them on the roof. For once the warden did not find Tarkas burrowed up inside his little den. Instead the cat had made his way to the roof on the second tower along with the others. He sat perched on the wall gazing down at Matt who stood below, banging on the iron door with his sword. I hope you slept well, he said as Shiva approached. The warden stepped onto the edge and peered over. Tarkas continued. He's been down there the last hour, banging on the entrance, trying to make some noise. Any success? <laughs> I believe so, yes. It's been rather quiet over by the hatch. They had removed the crates and barrels that had once set over the entrance leading down into the tower. It sat vacant and still as Crichton Edward stood near. Ricard was not far off either, his bow drawn and arrow notched as he leaned back against the tower. Behind him the whirlpool cast up a never-ending mist that made the air damp to breathe. Are you sure you don't want a blade? I have my dagger. Yes, of course. I will not press it any further. Shiva glanced at the cat quickly. What a vexing creature. It was just the nature of cats, he told himself, who had not seen deceit in their sly faces. Matt has returned, Tarkas said, rising before jumping down from the tower wall. When faced with the difficult task, it's best to get to it quickly. The ghouls below will only stay occupied for so long. Tarkas smiled as he spoke. But Shiva thought there was a touch of reluctance as they moved towards the hatch. If there's more than four or five of them still waiting at the top, then I'm not sure we can get the latch closed again before the others return. And if that happens, we'll die, Krite grumbled. What nonsense, Tarkas answered. You are always free to retreat back to the second tower and cut the bridge. Aye, I intend to. What does it matter? Edward said, speaking up. An older man with a dour disposition. Both Matt and Ricard always stopped to listen when the man spoke. If we fail here, we'll just starve down in the tower. I spent half my life starving. And it's not how I'm gonna die. He turned and spat, shaking his head while his hand rested upon his sword. He didn't say anything else. Ricard! The key... Tarkas said. Ricard stepped forward, producing a key from his pocket. He handed it to the warden along with a length of rope neatly coiled. I wish you well, he said. Shiva took the rope with a nod. His face was near expressionless, but perhaps there was a touch of respect set about his mouth. He turned to face the hatch. Remember, Tarkas said, if you're a shadow, how can they see you? Still, try to be quick. And with that, Tarkas gave a nod. Matt moved quickly, unlocking the hatch and signaling to Edward that he was ready. Krite stood close with his sword in hand, Ricard as well, arrow drawn and notched, ready to take down any hollows that might come forth. Shiva took one last breath and turned his eyes toward Edward and Matt. Do it, he said with a nod and a moment later the hatch swung open, revealing the dark pit that lay below. And then there was nothing. 
no creature or cursed hollow appeared, only the black hole of the tower and silence. Krite moved in, leaning forward so as to get a better look when Shiva sprinted past him and jumped, turning as he did to grab at the small ladder on the inside. With the ladder firmly in grasp, he let his feet go to the outside of the rails as he quickly slid down into the darkness. He looked up and saw the silhouettes of Matt and Edward. They were holding torches and throwing them into the tower for light. Three, four, five of them in total. Their flames flickering as they fell into the tower. He saw the silhouette of Ricard's cavalier hat cresting the light of the tower, just as the hatch was shut closed once more. Shiva looked down. They had hoped the torches would land sporadically throughout the tower, but it appeared that most had fallen near the top. Still, that was better than if they had fallen near the bottom. It was difficult to be a shadow if there was an abundance of light. He could see the cursed men below. The open hatch had drawn their attention as he knew it would, but some of them were already halfway up the stairs it seemed. He had no time for errors. He set the rope down, fastening his cloak about him as he did. Once draped in shadow, he jumped from the stairs onto one of the pillars that splintered through the tower and went about tying off the rope. He swung his cloak about him then and waited breathlessly for the ghouls to arrive. They surged up the stairs in a wave of rotten flesh and bloodied armor, each hollow scrambling to pass one another as they clambered up the stone passageway, looking very much like the vermin Tarkas claimed they were. Still, this was something else. The way they moved, their speed and rage... They were different than the guards that had served in the undead cathedral, or any curse that Shiva had yet encountered. They were more like wild dogs, frenzied into rage. Even as they ran up the stairs, many were being pushed aside, their bodies tumbling and spinning wildly as they fell down to the tower floor, only to rise up and begin the climb again. The hollows above the caverns had been wild too. Shiva had watched them only for a moment before they caught his scent, but their rage was just as complete. Tarkas was right. These cursed were dangerous to more than just the thieves' guild if they were to spread. At last the horde reached the top of the tower, and it was then that they finally achieved some morsel of intellect, as only one of them could climb the ladder at a time. The poor creature that arrived first began to cut up at the hatch with his sword, as though he were striking at a man. But the hatch had been shut, and, if he had to guess, blocked once more by the crates and barrels. Shiva watched them where he stood, shifting irritably as he began slowly lowering the rope, inch by inch, foot by foot, deeper and deeper into the bowels of the tower. Every so often another ghoul would be pushed off and tumble down to the earth below. Vacant creatures lost in a mad dream. Shiva looked at them with pity. He glanced down. Only a single hollow remained by the door, its legs broken by the fall. The shattered creature was pulling himself towards the stairs with his bare hands. It was a poor sight to behold. Shiva checked his pockets for the key before lowering himself onto the rope and beginning his descent. He went slowly at first, not wanting to draw attention. When he reached the midpoint of the tower, he wrapped his cloak around the rope and slid the rest of the way, falling lightly onto the tower floor. Only the solitary hollow saw him land. The creature turned and began to crawl at the intruder as Shiva drew his dagger. He quickly finished off the hollow before making his way towards the door, removing the iron crossbar and placing it quietly to the side. The lock made an audible click as he turned the key, but when he went to push on the door it resisted. 
He crouched low, pushing into the door with all his weight. But still the door remained closed. Abruptly a hand caught his heel and he stumbled, falling backwards onto the hollow creature. It was upon him a moment later, clawing at him with broken hands, its eyes like that of a beast. Shiva grunted, holding the creature by its neck as he reached once more for his dagger. He stabbed the blade deep into the creature's head and the hollow fell still. He threw off the ghoul and cast his eyes upward, hoping that their struggle had not drawn attention. His hope was shattered with ill disproportion as the halls above threw themselves off the stairwell towards the intruder. Their bodies broke upon the surface in a mash of steel and stone. Shiva threw himself into the door, hoping to force it open. It gave a little as he struck it a second time. Three of the ghouls were beginning to rise as more threw themselves down without hesitation. He smashed into the door once again. This time he could reach his hand through the opening. The ghouls continued in their descent, one of them narrowly missing Shiva as he fell from above. My lady! Shiva yelled as he threw himself into the door one last time. The door faltered for a moment before swinging open, letting the outside light spill in with all its radiance against the darkness of the tower. Shiva emerged, the horde of ghouls following close on his heels. He looked like a shadowed specter from above, his dark form streaming below the tower base as he ran towards the ladder, tearing off his cloak as he did. There, Matt called out. He's done it. <laughs> Indeed. Tarkas seemed unmoved as he watched the warden being chased below. Matt, be set to receive him. The rest of you stand ready besides the ladder. And record, be sure to take out every third hollow as they follow. We're not to be overrun this late in the hour. Shiva reached the ladder and began his ascent not bothering to look back. He could feel the undead pressing behind him. As he neared the top, he peered up warily, catching a glimpse of Ricard's familiar hat peeking down in his direction. He stood atop the wall with bow drawn and arrow notched, his aim set upon the warden. Shiva paused, inhaling quickly as he felt a hand grab at his boot. Ricard let fly the arrow and the hand released its grip. In a flash, he had drawn a second arrow, releasing it as well. Shiva risked a quick glance below and watched as the two ghouls closest to him fell limply from the ladder. When he reached the top, he found Matt's hand waiting for him. The young thief pulled him up and away from the wall before leaving him alone with Tarkas, a pleased grin showing beneath the creature's eyes. <laughs> marvelous. Simply marvelous. My hopes for you are of the highest regard. Shiva turned and watched as Kryta and the others cut down the ghouls, one after another, as they tried to breach the tower. My men will make quick work of these hollows. Then we shall claim our reward, and make ready our escape from these awful ruins. Shiva met the cat's gaze, silver eyes that gleamed in the light, and revealed only what he wished them to reveal. He was done trying to read the cat. It was pointless to try. Instead, he turned and continued to watch the carnage that was unfolding before him. It was hardly a fight, and there was little sport in the matter. Still, he would watch until the end. They had almost had him, twice. Alone, they were weak. Together, they were an earnest foe, worthy of death. He would watch to make sure death came for them all. <laughs>